Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Kiora and welcome to Our Changing World. From Radio New Zealand National. Mouldy apples, wilted cabbage leaves? That all sounds like rubbish to most of us, but it's gold for a biotechnology company founded by a group of Year 13 students at Dunedin's Kaikorai Valley College. They had read that many thousands of tonnes of food waste end up in landfill each year and thought there had to be a better way of dealing with the problem. So they've set up a company, Kaika Energy enlisted support from many local businesses and have set up a biodigester to turn food waste into fertiliser and biogas. Students Paige Gelder and Diana Terimoana and teacher Peter Dots run Alison through the business. We're in the workshop at Kaikara Valley College and in front of us we have our macerator. The macerator is an industrial-sized incinerator. It was kindly donated by Revelts. We've put in lettuce, cabbage fruits, vegetables, anything. <laughs> so where does all the food come from? So we get it from either our staff room or local businesses around Dunedin, so like supermarkets so far and local dairies. So Peter, you arrived today with a couple more blue barrels? Yes, I, I did a bit of a round on Friday. We've got a couple of stores that I pick up from for the kids. Yeah, so we put it on wheels so that we can move it around because it gets quite smelly in here. So after figuring that out, we got a wee table made so we can just roll it out the door and put it onto the table so it's in the fresh air and close to a gutter if anything happens. Yeah, you've got to be nice to the other students and teachers, huh? Yeah, especially on a hot day it can freak the whole place out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so that's the downside of the business. Yep. So basically the... Food just goes through the chute and it isn't a blade, it's more of a, uh, a big bashing stick really. It just annihilates anything we put in. Um, we had a bucket full of avocados one time and we thought we might have issues with the nuts and those, but it just spat it out no problem at all. It just takes takes on anything. So in the blue barrels today you have... See what's on the menu for today. A lot of cabbage, or at least cabbage leaves. And cauliflower leaves. And pumped in. One of the things we're competing with at the moment, um, getting the, the waste, is the food that gets taken to uh, pig farms. And um, so we're working with those suppliers to try and even things out a little bit. We don't take too much, um, so the pigs aren't going hungry. And one of the other things with the food shear, who are taking, they take edible food waste and distribute that to the needy while well, we take what's left after that. So we only deal with inedible food waste, so we're not, not interfering with that process. Okay, so before I start up, I'm going to be filling the macerator with a barrel of pumpkin, cabbage. So there was already some, a bit in there? Yep, and it just exploded out. <laughs> so it's got water running through? Yeah. And then your job, you're just going to start feeding stuff in? Yep. How many times a week do you do this? About 
two to three. Two to three, of. yeah. Moldy fruit. Yep, a lot of that. One of the things we've got to ensure is that the digester gets a, a balanced diet. So basically, we're, we're feeding a big cow and it needs to get a, a good mix so we don't give it a, a whole lot of brassica. In one go, we'll try and mix fruit and vegetables and bread and just to make sure that it's got a good, good mix of food going into it. Because we deal with mould, the spores from that we have to be careful with. So you have to have quite a health and safety plan. Yeah, yeah definitely. So these were all the things that as the different directors you had to sit down and think about before you went into business? Yeah. Yep. So this is step one of, of a how many stage process? Three-step process. We feed the macerator and then we take it down to the digester where it then gets fed. And then at the end of it, we get our product, which is liquid fertilizer and biofuel or gas. Does its final burp after this? So we've got to watch it. If we take the bucket away too early, and then it decides to do a final empty out, we've we've made a bit of a mess before on the floor. So we've, been we've got our systems now. <laughs> <laughs> a delicious sound. <laughs> so that's that process. Now we're ready to feed. Okay, lead the way. Yeah. So this is the stage two section? Yep, this is the digester. The digester is basically a cow's digestive system. We feed it and it works and then at the end it produces methane for us and our liquid fertilizer. We put 900 litres of cow poo yep. in it. The cow manure has the bacteria in it that we want in our digester and it mixes up with the food waste that we put in. So you're not kidding when you say it? It is a cow stomach because you actually have used you know things that come out of a cow stomach <laughs> yeah. to, to set it all in motion. Yeah. The kids had to come out to a dairy farm and shovel up 900 litres of fresh cow poo off the off the milking pad and transport it back to school and then tip it into the machine and then we topped it up with water and let it do its thing. So it's, it's working really well now. But you only have to do that once. Yes. Yeah. It was a really stinky process. <laughs> <laughs> a messy one, to say the least. So that was perhaps something, you, again, you hadn't anticipated at the very beginning? No, definitely not. <laughs> okay, so it looks like a small garden glass house is what it's sitting in. Does it need to be warm? Yes. yes. It needs, like, the best temperature it needs to run is about 30 degrees. And since Dunedin's weather is terrible sometimes, we need all the heat we can get. So the glass house really helps. So the panels are black to get the heat from the sun and keep that in. And we also have a heating pad underneath that keeps it warm. So it uses a little bit of power then? Yes. Could you make this thing self-contained completely? Yes, yes we can. If we get the funds, we can purchase a biofuel generator and then we can produce electricity from that. Then we can feed it into the hot water cylinder to heat the water in the pump and continue the circulation of the hot water. So it can be fully self-contained. Yeah. Now, yesterday I let off about half of the, the gas from the bladder and today already it's filled right back up again and that was yesterday afternoon. So it's full production of gas at the moment. So it's full of methane and carbon dioxide. Yeah, so it was a 60-40 of the two that is produced. It was, there was a higher content of CO2 for the first bladderful, so we've let that off. 
what I tend to do is either wait till after school or do it on the weekend because if we start pumping that methane gas off now, we're not a long way from the canteen and they probably wouldn't be particularly happy if we, if we let off a whole bladder full of methane gas just before morning break. So I might wait till after school to it, do this one. It is sort of reminiscent of Rotorua. It is, say. isn't it? Yeah, yeah, very sulfury. It's like sulfury edge to it. <laughs> so we know it's working. That's what we also had to take into consideration where we would put the um, urban digester because it is a stinky process and it does produce a lot of like fertiliser and stinky stuff. When we have excess gas, I've built a, a bark filtration box similar to what they use in the waste treatment station but just a small model of it. So it's about a cubic metre of wet bark, and when we pipe the gas into it, the enzymes in the bark absorb the methane gas, so we can safely siphon it out of the bag without causing any, any harm to the environment. As we put fresh food in, it pushes the equivalent amount of fertiliser out the other end, and also the, as the gas builds up, that pressurises the bag and it forces more out as well. So the process is, is flowing now quite nicely. We just need to get the fertiliser checked, we've got to check the pH levels and get some, get some data on that so we know before we can sell it off or use it we need to know what its makeup is so we can either make things grow extremely well or kill them so we're not quite sure where we're at at the moment. Yeah that's our main concern, <laughs> <laughs> don't want angry customers. Tell me a bit more about the analysis. Well as part of the cross-curricular link that we're trying to set up in the school um, we've got the science department involved in doing the analysis of the of the product that's coming off. So some of the students involved at Kaiki Energy are actually going to be doing some of the analysis through their science class and that's also going to provide them with another four credits for the unit analysing the, the product. So it's, it's a really cool thing. And so some of the students will get up to 28 credits at Level 3 for the year's work, which is, is really awesome. We're also working with the university to try and get to the science department they're involved in either the monitoring the gas flow and production and just helping us stabilise the, the product because it does depend on what we put in. That's why we're keeping a really tight log on whether we put a whole lot of fruit or brassica, citrus, whatever it happens to be, then we can monitor the output and from that we can decide what the optimum type of feed is for the for the digester. So yeah, it's a, there's a whole lot of te testing going on at the moment and hoping that we're doing the right thing. So I think we are. Everything seems to be working really well. Okay, here she goes. So feeding the beast. Feeding the beast. And backing away from the <laughs> splashing. <laughs> yum, yum, delicious. Yeah. So, how long will it take for that food to work its way through the system? Well, basically, it took. About 21 days for the whole process to, to have kicked in and now basically on a daily basis every time we feed in we're going to be getting product out. So we've got through that initial um, setting up stage to get the bug going basically so it'll, it'll just keep producing continuously now so we don't have to wait for another 21 days to get another load, it'll just be constant. The idea is to, to use the, the biogas that we're producing and in the long term plan, well hopefully not too long, we're trying to get funding to install a, a large greenhouse and then the gas that we produce we're going to pipe into the greenhouse for heating with the methane and the CO2 obviously is going to help the production in the glasshouse and then what's the leftovers from what the glasshouse produces can go back into the digester 
and it just keeps rotating around. So at the moment we're, we're letting go of the gas in an environmentally friendly way, but eventually we'll either be running the gas into the greenhouse or running it through a generator, creating the electricity. So the gas will be used as a main uh, product from the digester, and obviously the fertiliser is going to be very useful on the urban farm, and then putting it to the market, they'll be able to earn enough money from that for operational costs. So we won't waste anything. No, definitely not. The way we're dealing with the methane and carbon dioxide is way safer and better to the environment than if it was put in landfills and just left. So helps the environment out a bit. Could you do something like run a vehicle or something off anything that you're producing out of the system? Well, vehicles have been modified to be able to run on biogas. Um, the other option could be to uh, create the electricity through the generator and then charge an electric car. Charge an electric car, convert the, the school's ride on mower to electric and run it from that, that type of thing. It's, it's certainly possible. I'm sure there's a lot of things we could do with it. We're definitely considering our uh, school tractors to be the start of it though. So when you had that initial idea at the beginning of the year, did you imagine it would start becoming something as big as this? Oh, we had a sort of yeah, an outline of how big of a project it would be. But now that we've actually started getting into a routine of things, it is taking up a lot of time. But you, it's all worth it. Yeah, you definitely learn a lot. Yeah. But the outcome's amazing so far. And just like what it can become, like taking it even further is even like more mind blowing and awesome. It's good. It's good. And that was Kaika Energy Sales Director Paige Gelder. And you also heard Operations Director Diana Teremoana and Kaikorai Valley College's Peter Dodds, who is Technical Advisor. Good luck to the Kaika Energy team. They're the youngest ever and the first secondary school finalist in the New Zealand Innovators Awards. They're finalists in the Young New Zealand Innovator and People's Choice Awards. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this, you can find more stories on our webpage, radionz.co.nz forward slash Our Changing World. Kakite anō.